What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 41 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday, on your favorite podcast service of, of your choice, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or just hit us up on Twitter at Ready Press Play. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Louis Manchaka, and I'm joined today, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. Hey, Louis, how are you doing today? I'm actually good. I've had a pretty good week. I think after last week, it was such a shit show with my, my, my mood swings and everything, and I'm actually, I'm feeling pretty good this week. That's nice to hear. Even though you've streamed for like 24 hours over the last few days? <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why I feel so good, because I was just decompressing and actually gaming. Mm, yeah, uh, right. I'm sure we're going to get more into that later on. Absolutely. All right. So first off, we got to do some housekeeping. So Dan and I are somehow, some way, we have some kind of like weird, like uh, twin bond going on where we uh, <laughs> where we plan our vacations on the exact same day, which is really weird. Even without uh, telling each other. Without like... telling each other, exactly. And it just yeah. kind of like works out the way it does. But so Dan and I are going on another vacation. So we're, that actually impacts the schedule for you listeners. Well, not too much, but just only slightly. So we're going to cover that right now. So uh, first off, we weren't planning on doing this until like our one year anniversary. So you guys are getting the, uh, you know, Christmas comes early for you guys, for, <laughs> your, lis- for your listeners this year. But uh, Ready, Press, uh, Ready Press Play, the podcast is going to be recorded live. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So tune in to twitch.tv slash Ready Press Play on November 3rd. That is Tuesday, November 3rd. We have been consistently streaming on Tuesdays anyways. So... Tuesdays around 9 p.m. ish. Like we don't always hard start like at on time, but around 9 p.m. Central Time or 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. You almost said Dan time. I almost did say Dan time. Actually, I just like you know what? Like, let's let's not say Dan time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, you can just tune in and you can watch the sh- us record the show live. It's going to be interesting because I plan on having our uh, showing us showing you listeners and viewers how our doc looks like and we can you can read along with us on our as we pull up the news stories. So oh, that would say, be interesting. Yeah, you know, hey, like we this comes from The Verge and we actually have The Verge's article up on screen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is literally like it's we already have like the uh, the assets made to do that. So, boom, it's gonna make it so engaging, so we can like read along with us and interact with us. And anyone that's on the chat, you guys can chime in. So, boom. So, on you're... that note, real quick, um, no, I'm assuming that you're gonna be driving uh, the mm. show in that yep. week, in, in the sense of like bringing up the links and the articles. Do you think you're gonna be able to both like? host as well as like drive the twitch channel at the same time without Ooh, like because that's my this because that week is my turn to host because yes. i was i was planning on hosting that week you know what you're right uh because i am also the twitch i'm the one that's streaming it you probably should host back to back but i'll still edit so okay all right we can we can sort that out later i was just kind of wondering about that because it might be a little hard for you to handle the technical side of like bringing up the OBS with the footage and OBS and all that stuff while still hosting the show. So maybe we can we can have a different situation. But yeah. All right. I'll- no, no, that's fine. We're, I'm, ed- I'm, not, I'm not editing this out. I just want to let you know that right now. But anyways. Oh, yeah. That's uh, fine. <laughs> so uh, on top of all that. Um, so 
where you're that show on November 3rd is going to be the audio. We're going to edit that audio and we're going to put it out on November 6th, which is like our normal show. So we're not going to be covering any news that drops on Wednesday and Thursday, like whenever Nintendo buys Sega or whatever the hell that happens. That's just so, oh my God, it's too late. We're, we're going to have to cover it yeah. on the 13th. Yeah. Uh, it's just going to roll over to the next week. I, exactly. I mean, something that I find quite kind of cool about our podcast is that we never let things like fully slip by usually we just cover them even if it's like two weeks later we'll just cover them two weeks later. yeah <laughs> so yeah that's what that's the plan is uh the audio listeners you guys get a clean edited like uh you know show you know uh the, you also get the, the you know the time codes but all you live listeners you guys get to you know get the engagement as well as the the video footage and stuff of everything um as well as you know the fods so if you watch it on youtube our youtube uh uh, page or on our twitch page you can watch it the vods later as well so you guys can get like a couple of days exclusive head start on the that week's show so um on top of that like as far as the the vacation schedule goes um i'm gonna be out of town so i will not be uh participating in the ready press play stream that happens on november 10th which is that following tuesday and that's the day that xbox series x drops so dan mm-hmm. will be headlining that twitch stream and i i trust in his ability to do something so (laughs) (laughs) to do something it's not even like i trust in his ability to like do it well it's just i trust i trust that he will do something (laughs) which should be fair that will already be more than you did when I was out for a Twitch stream, right? That is, just, that is 100% just... <laughs> true. I completely fumbled that one. I was planning on doing it, but then I was like, I got lazy and was like being a bitch. So, yeah. but we'll yeah. We'll figure something out. <laughs> so that's uh, that's kind of what's going on. Ready, press, play st- st- stuff going on. So you guys are still getting the Friday drops. The, there's nothing happening or they're not losing out. We're not doing a DLC. So there's all that good jazz is happening. Um Beyond that, we'll be back to business as uh, as usual that following um, week on when I get back on in time for the thirteenth. So, um, anything Friday else the thirteenth. You... Yes, believe. Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. yeah, that's the PlayStation 5's launch day. I, I, don't know, I believe so. 12th. Yeah. Of course, the twelfth. I don't know. But yeah. So yeah, everything will be next gen will be upon us when we get back from vacation. Uh, Dan, any, anything to say uh, before we move on? Uh, no, I was just going to plug it again. Uh, we're trying to do this new audience participation thing on if you go to readyplaynetwork.com, which is this domain we got, it will redirect you to a form where you can answer a question to be on the show or just kind of write whatever. Uh, this week's prompt, I still have to go and replace it, but it's going to be what are your favorite Halloween games? So what are your favorite horror games, games that you recommend people playing on Halloween? Um, the next episode that we're going to record is going to be basically dropping on Halloween. So I think it's going to be fun if we get some answers there. We're talking to you, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Halloween. Dan, the games we're playing. So yep. I've actually been playing the perfect Halloween game because we um, we got a spoiler cast coming up for you guys. Uh, so this probably should have, I probably should have shoutcasted this on the housekeeping, but uh, we're aiming for about Tuesday or Wednesday, the 27th or the 28th coming up. <clears throat> we're aiming for one of those days to be our... Our uh, DLC drop, which is going to be Luigi's Mansions 3 spoiler cast, since mm-hmm. the October game of the month is Luigi's Mansions 3. Now, typically, we would have already posted. We tight. We generally tend to hit for like the third week of October of the of the month to to post the spoiler cast because we've been doing one one a month for like the past couple of months. But we decided to like delay it a week so that way it goes it goes more in, in uh it hits like in tandem with uh, with Halloween. So um, I actually beat the game. 
So surprise, surprise, I actually did it. I actually finished another game and I powered <laughs> through it. Like I straight up on Monday night, I streamed for four hours uh, on, uh, on Tuesday. I streamed for like another, I want to say like 12, 13 hours. And that's uh, also like, I had a t- like two of those hours. I had to like divert and stop streaming to go to the ready press play stream because we streamed, um, you know, more, some more left for dead. Um, but yeah, so I basically went in there. I essentially streamed all day Tuesday and then the, uh, a good chunk of Wednesday as well. Like I, uh, I still streamed to like 7 PM my time, uh, finishing Luigi's mansion three and, you know, getting the, getting the ending and everything. So we're going to have a lot to say and a lot to t- talk about, um, in next week's spoiler cast. So look out for that. Yeah. I'm a little bit scared about your play time, by the way. I asked Lewis how long it took him to play the game and he said, I think 18 hours. Is yes. that correct? Which is crazy yeah. because like. I think I, I think I clocked in total. I would have I would have, I clocked it in at twenty one hours because I think I streamed for nineteen hours for all when it was all said and done. And then on top of that, like I play, I played two hours of the beginning of the game offline. Like so, mm-hmm. you know, like when I started the stream, I was already well past the tutorial section. So uh, I don't know how that game clock is wonky, or there was a lot of downtime in my streams. I'm also probably uh, not factoring the fact that some of those hours were you know probably you know ready press play. So I was just you know, cumulatively, cumulatively, ah, cumulatively counting how many hours I stream total. So, mm-hmm. which is crazy because that's a lot. But um, also, yep. uh, shout out to twitch.tv slash chocolaka88. You can totally come and check out my stream. But I have now hit 100 followers. Oh, yeah, week. I saw that. I wanted to congratulate you on that. So. <laughs> yeah. Good job. So, Good job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, another thing, another game I've been playing, and actually I have not been playing, actually. I've only watched the trailers, too. But uh, my review is for is due this coming Monday, so I got to power through another game. It's called Aquanox: A Deep Descent, and I'm just teasing it right now. It's a game that's out right now on Steam. Uh, if you want to, you know, check it out. It's uh, it looks like some kind of like multiplayer esque, uh, like you know, PV, uh, PvP type game, or I don't know if it's like if it's PvP or PVE, where like players working together or working against each other. There seems to be some kind of faction system going on. Uh, hmm. But um, I haven't. I've only seen the trailers and i haven't gotten i haven't actually played it yet i've only like just redeemed the code because i've been so busy but i'm going to be powering through the game and i will have a review out monday morning on level one gaming's website because that's when it's due so uh we'll talk more about that also next week which is a lot of teasing happening in this in this section um another thing just gonna quick quickly shout out Fortnite. um i only want to just give a quick progress report on everyone I've been keeping up with my challenges. I'm up to date with my challenges. And there's been new Marvel skins that have been dropping in. I got the Daredevil skin and I got the Blade skin. It's pretty It's pretty epic. You know, no pun intended. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, so Dan, uh, we, have, we have something to talk about. Let's, yeah. You need, uh, you need to like, you need to like give me the, the rundown on what, what the fuck happened in Left 4 Dead 2. Oh, <laughs> why do I need to give you the rundown of what happened? Did you already we forget everything? Because <laughs> we fucking sucked and I've been talking so yes. much. Go no, for it. it's fine. <laughs> uh, well, you know, just, just to add to that, I've been playing Legion's Mansion 3 as well. So we're going to be talking about it next week. Louis has texted me about how the ball is in my court now. So the 
me finishing the game on time is what's going to determine whether that spoiler cast is going to get the late or not. But I'm, I'm doing my best. But at this point, I'm like, I want to say I'm like six hours in, which in my head, I'm like, OK, well, I'm halfway through the game. I can probably pull another six hours before Monday. But if, if I'm looking at 12 hours instead, then I don't know if that's possible. Like, like almost like physically possible with the things that I have to do between now. You and might want to just like beeline it because you can like, you know, get a C rank and beat the game without mm-hmm. collecting all the diamonds and the booze. Yeah, and that's that's probably I what I'm going to do because I, I also do spend a lot of time with a blue light, like just like looking around and seeing yeah. things that are that are invisible and et cetera. So you might want to just sort of like, you know, nix that and then cut your playtime and head down. Because that's mm. part of the reason why I took so long as well, because I was, you know, my um, uh, OCD wouldn't allow, allow me to move on. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I'm probably going to do that as far as Left 4 Dead 2 goes. So we've been uh, it's kind of interesting how the game works, where, you know, you got to choose which scenario to play, which campaign to play. And then and then you start a room that way. So there's a list of like 15 to choose from. So every time I've been kind of trying to decide, OK, which one should we do? So we did Dead Center first, which was the first one, and then we did Dark Carnival. So apparently we skipped like a scenario in between, and then I was looking at how people seem to rank the scenarios, and it seemed like the one that would make the most sense for us to play next was a scenario called, gosh, I blanked on it now. I think it was The Passing, and it's the final, it's supposed to be the ending, actually, of Left 4 Dead 2, of the original campaign for Left 4 Dead 2 before dlcs and aside from like the campaigns of left 4 dead 1 that are also included in the game and all that stuff that is actually supposed to be the ending of like those characters uh regular campaign in the game and it's funny because we had such a smooth stream up until the end we were doing so good we you know like we were not disconnecting at all we were not like really struggling with the game until we got to the very final part where we had to power through this bridge this long ass bridge full of zombies of all times all types and we kept dying and dying and dying and dying until we basically hit the end of your or stream time and we decided to just put it on easy so that we could finish it and then we almost <laughs> we still like lost. yeah we, yeah, we like we steamrolled through the part that we we're struggling on but then i feel like we kind of we, we're not taking it as seriously anymore because it just seemed like it was so easy compared to what we we're doing before and then we almost lost God. at the end again so so i just want to add two things number one um, we could have almost beat it like the game like 20 minutes prior had I just been an asshole and been the solo <laughs> survivor because I could have been the solo survivor. I could have left you and the AI to die, um, which, you know, that that I don't know how that would have looked on me. But uh, I, I was thinking about what happened last week and how we left the AI to die. And I was like, no, we can't do that again. We got to be heroic. <laughs> you know, what would Captain America do? Uh, <laughs> so uh, that ended up biting me in the ass. Uh, the second thing was, um, I just wanted to comment that this is our first time playing the game on easy mode, and I actually think that it was way less fun to play the game all of a sudden. Like, suddenly the game became mm-hmm. less enticing to play. Um, and then also, um, uh, damn, oh yeah, I just wanted to comment that uh, we didn't have any disconnects. So yeah. it's uh, we're like, we're just volatile, just going back and forth between, oh my god, this game is stable, oh my god, this not, and then oh my god, it's stable again, so... But yeah, yeah, I don't know what's up. There was something going on maybe that, that particular week for whatever reason, because uh, our first week was great, and then last week, or this week, was great too. So yeah, there was just something that happened when we were playing last week. But yeah, no, the, I mean, the game is fun. I like it. You know, I don't really care about the story. I it's It, it almost feels like there isn't one. You're really just kind of 
going through it. There's a little bit of personality to the characters, but nothing that really shines through. The game really is about the the gameplay mechanics and the fun of like going through hordes and hordes of zombies with your with your friends. So we got to decide what we're going to do for the next one, Lewis. And what I think we're going to do is I want to find the kind of the DLC uh, campaign that they recently added. And I think mm. we should do that. I okay. think we should do that one. Because then I think it would be a nice like bowl on top of it that we kind of we did like a streamlined version of the of the campaign um and where we went through basically like the three uh better scenarios apparently and then mm-hmm. we can just kind of do the more recent uh and they, and they were in chronological order at that so yeah, yeah exactly so what's it called and also like just wanted to say about like the um the the scenario so i just wanted to come and confirm you so you're saying that the game canonically ends with them getting on a helicopter helicopter and dipping that's from that's what i seems to be the case yeah okay Okay, interesting. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on. The news. All right, so we got a whole lot to run down, and that's actually kind of crazy. For this, this week was most like like a sleeper week, but also very jam packed at the same time. So we'll get into that. So the first thing up on the list here is GamesIndustry.biz. This was written by Brendan Sinclair, and we have the uh, September NPD results. So Avengers assembles a September sales chart heavy on new releases. So Square Enix's latest game, just one of seven games debuting in the top 20 as NPD's total U.S. game sales for the month rise 10% year over year. So uh, should I read the story or, or should I just go for the list? You can just go for the list. All right. So number one, the new entry, Marvel's Avengers. Number two. Super Mario 3D All-Stars, and this is also when it comes to Nintendo games, keep in mind, only physical games were counted, which is uh, twofold because Mario 3D All-Stars is a limited run game, so who knows if there was supply issues. And number two, um, oh, what was the second thing? I forget, whatever. Anyways, oh yeah, I was going to say number two, it's probably, like, probably going to skew more physical anyways because people want to own it because it's a limited run game, but whatever. Uh, number three, Madden NFL 21. And number four is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is a new entry. Uh, NBA 2K21, which is a new entry. And there's an asterisk by it, which is interesting. That's probably... Oh, interesting. Digital games not in, digital sales were not included in NBA, NBA 2K21. Uh, number six is Call, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which is... Still crazy. last year's Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah still, still charting in the NPD. <laughs> which is, I feel like as of yet, just it feels like yesterday it was number one, but whatever. Anyways, uh, number seven... Crusader Kings 3, number 8, Animal Crossing New Horizon, also only physical, uh, sales counted. Number 9, Star Wars Squadron, which is a new entry. And number 10, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, never leaves the top 10. Um, also, just one, one other thing is just debuting outside of the, uh, the top 10 is a new entry. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, comes in at number 11. Uh, that that kind of hurts right there. That just that hits yeah, me in the face. Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping for that making it into the top ten, but I didn't buy it either. So <laughs> that uh that kind of makes sense. But yeah, no, like some good results. Um, I, the the only thing I want to bring note to that was in the rest of the article that we see because I was I was reading through it as you were going through the list to see if there's anything worth shouting out is that I would say that the video game sales are still going up year over year. So September this year was up 10% over September last year, kind of continuing to show that despite all the the problems caused by the COVID-19 pandemic around the world, uh, we did not see a uh, decline in video game sales in this year. You know, I would have expected that by this point, I knew that we didn't see it initially, we saw a boost 
but I was expecting that by this point, maybe we'd start seeing a decline. But no, we're still this year still doing better as far as video game sales as last year. And in some cases, in some months, even as as many other years uh, leading up to it, the Nintendo Switch continues to be the best selling hardware uh, month after month. I think that's been the case for many months now. Uh, and and the, the top 10 is fairly straightforward. Cool to see that despite, you know, the issues with Marvel's Avengers and I would say the mixed reception and everything is still debuted at number one. So it shows that the game actually did sell a lot. I think that that is that could have been predictable uh, based on the, the IP that it's based on. Uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars up there as well. Um, I think that's probably the true number one of the month if we considered uh, digital sales. But mm. we don't know that for sure. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons still selling despite, you know, coming out uh, over six months ago. Obviously, Call of Duty would just always be there. Kind of surprised that Crash came in uh, at number 11. I wonder if maybe it's because it came out sort of towards the end of the month. I don't remember which day um, which day exactly it came out. But yeah, nonetheless, nothing that nothing that surprising. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a reason, part of the reason why like they're you have like year over year gains uh, when it comes to like the sales is like just looking at the this this NPD here, I'm counting three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm sorry, seven. Uh, I'm counting seven new entries in the uh, in this, and we're basically, it's basically the situation where like all these games have been delayed, and like there's you know all these games are now all jam packed, and we're getting into this fall season, because I feel like with September and now uh, here in October and everything, all these these AAA games are now coming out. New next gen is upon us, so you're gonna see like this rising tide lift all boats kind of thing happen where. Uh, everything's gonna be everything's gonna be heavy hitters going forward. I feel like when it comes to these uh, these sales charts now. Yeah, I do want to correct something by the way. So Crash Bandicoot came out on October second. So I was like, oh, why is why is that even in the September chart? But it's because this chart includes for sales between August thirtieth and October third. So there's effectively only one day of Crash Bandicoot for sales ah, on this list. Nice. And I believe that it's also the case for Star Wars Squadrons, which also came out on October 2nd. I think they came out on the same day. But they day, came out in number nine. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So so both of those games actually probably sold very well because they managed, like, just their first day of sales managed to put them pretty close to the top, you know, either on the top 10 or in number 11 for Crash. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. I wonder why they didn't just do the reporting period September 1st to September 30th, which is NPD's weird if that if that's the case. Yeah, a little yeah. odd. All right. Okay, next up, uh, some Lewis called it news. Uh, <laughs> this is a, I never, I never heard of this website, Survivor. Yeah, they, they were the ones that broke the story. So okay. uh, th- the story came into my feeds through like IGN or something else that I follow, but they were linking the source. So I decided to go straight into the, okay. to add the, the straight source into it. So this comes from Survivor, and this is written by Luke Laurie, and this is about NBA 2K21, which inserts unskippable ads into pregame loading screens. So I told you guys that this happened in NBA 2K20, and I was calling it, well, actually, did I, I don't know if I called it, like, I might have called it internally, but I may not have said it, like, on the podcast, there may not be any tape on it, I can't say check the tape, but I know for a fact that I felt it when I talked about how 2K20 had those ads. But anyways, uh, 2K20 or sorry, 2K has added unskippable ads into NBA 2K21 pregame loading screens. Survivor has today confirmed. Acting on a tip from a reader, we've cited and recorded ads for the Oculus Quest 2 that now appears inside the PS4, Xbox One, and Windows PC versions of the game. They're unskippable, attached to a pregame video called My Team Season 2 Episode 7 that auto-started in a loading screen 
that takes longer than the ad runs, even on a PC running from an SSD. This is also the game that we covered earlier in the year, by the way, that they were the first ones to announce that they were going to charge $70. Yes. <laughs> um, oh my God. And that they were going to, they were doing this whole weird model where you could get like a deluxe edition of the game to get the upgrade to next gen or something along those lines. I don't remember the details right now, but um, it's a little surprising that, you know, it's one thing if it was like a free game doing this or maybe a game that's being sold at a budget price or maybe there's like multiple editions of the game and it's like well if you get it for $30 then there's ads and if you get it for $60 then there isn't or something along those lines where we could potentially find a way to to uh, defend this but the idea of you buying a $70 a $70 game that's already kind of an annualized franchise and getting ads and uns- unskippable especially <laughs> ads on it like that yeah that feels a little bit too cash and on top of that taste. they're adding they're patching in the ads uh, a couple of weeks after the game is already out you got your sales and all the reviews oh, have already man. been completed so um, yeah, it's basically it's cool. basically grimy as hell and i am I, i'm glad i've never bought a 2k game like the I, I own i think three 2k basketball games and both all three of them like i got for free like two of them were ps plus games never launched them and the third one was something that I got as part of like a bundle when I bought my Dreamcast because I have 2K1. And you know, uh, it sucks because those games are supposedly very good. Um, I don't really play them. I think I've, I've played some in the past, like a long time ago, maybe in like the PS3 era. But, you know, I, I don't really play those games at all. But from what I know, they're actually really high quality uh, sports games that the people like, or at least have been historically. Uh, and the people that like following the NBA and the people that like playing those kinds of games actually do really like those games and swear by them. Um, But the fact that, you know, these decisions that are likely coming from above are, are making their way uh, into, into this game uh, that developers clearly put so much love towards every year, you know, it's, it's sad to see. Yeah. So I don't know if this is the case. I haven't been, I haven't like confirmed it from any of the sources that I was reading up, but this happened last year in 2K20 where Mm. you can actually see the progress bar on the bottom right hand corner. And you can even see it on these screenshots here for 2K21. You can see how much of the game has been loaded in and ready to go. um, And it'll hit like 100%, but the ad is still going and Mm. it doesn't, you don't, you know, load into the game. Uh, or start the game until after the ad has finished playing. So this is going to be a huge problem if uh, if PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X are all about those low, slow, shortened load times. Then this would ruin their 2K's business model, or mm. it would even like shine even make it shine an even worse light on it because players know that the game is ready to be played, but they're in being impeded by these ads. So uh, shame oh, on well. them, and they can go fuck themselves. All right. <laughs> That's probably that's probably the boldest statement I've ever said this on the show because I generally tend to be more uh, positive. Yeah, exactly. All right. Anyways, next up, uh, this comes from IGN. Phil Phil Spencer on whether Microsoft needs to bring future Bethesda games to PS5. And this is a quote: "We want more people to be able to play games, not fewer people to be able to play games." This is written by Matthew Adler, and the article goes: Microsoft uh, Microsoft shocked the gaming world when it um, when it acquired Bethesda and parent company Zenimax Media recently for a whopping 7.5 billion dollars. However, the decision has left a lot of people curious about the future of Bethesda games on other platforms, notably Sony's upcoming PS5. Kotaku Steven uh, Totillo interviewed Xbox's Phil Spencer to discuss a bit more about the deal and what implications it may have for players outside of the Xbox ecosystem. 
So it is possible to recoup a $7.5 billion investment if you don't sell Elder Scrolls 6 on the PlayStation, asked Attilo. Yes, Spencer quickly replied. Then he paused. I don't want to be, I don't want to be flip about it. Spencer added, this deal was done was not done to take away games from the uh, another player's base like that. Nowhere in the documentation that we put together was, how do we keep other players from playing these games? We want more people to be able to play these games, not fewer people to be able to play these games. When I think about whether people, whether... When I think about where people are going to be playing and the number of devices that he, we had, and we have xCloud and PC and Game Pass and our console base, I don't have to uh, go ship those games on any other platform other than the platforms that we support in order to in order to kind of make the deal work for us, Spencer continued, whatever that means. All right. Really quick, I want to stop you right there because kind of that's kind of the bulk of the story. Okay. Um, not not like we can't hit the rest later, but I I think this is, this is the main thing to talk about. Hmm. Okay. So there's a few things that I find very interesting about this statement, right? So a lot of people ran with the statement being like, "Oh shit!" Like Microsoft confirmed that they're not going to be putting Elder Scrolls on PlayStation. That's not what's going on here necessarily. However, he is kind of leaving things up in the air a lot, meaning yeah. that. That this decision has probably not been made yet, whether they're actually going to make, um, you know, Bethesda games or certain Bethesda games exclusive to Xbox platforms, meaning not just Xbox, but xCloud on mobile devices, PC, etc., or whether they're going to continue to publish them on PlayStation. This has kind of given some some feel to the argument, though, that they might actually be making some of these huge, be taking away some some of these huge uh, franchises out of the PlayStation ecosystem. Um, but you know, my favorite, my favorite part of the statement is that he says, kind of, (laughs) (laughs) he says, I don't have to go ship those games on any other platform other than the platforms that we support. That means PlayStation, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to go ship those games on PlayStation to kind of make the deal work. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think it's so interesting that he couldn't just say to make the deal work. He had to put the kind of in there which I think still leaves this up for a lot of interpretation. I think there's a lot of discussions being made still, and I think the odds are still up in the air for either one way or another. And uh, also, I wouldn't wouldn't even, like, put it past the fact that maybe it's not 100% Spencer's decision either. I know he's, like, the head of Xbox, but he's got Microsoft and Big Big Daddy Microsoft to report to and everything like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting that he was speaking in such a PR speak. He's like, you know, you don't necessarily have to like, you know, uh, we have so many devices. We have xCloud, we have PC, and we have Game Pass that we support, you know, on our consoles. So it's like they're making it sound like, oh, yeah, we're we're in more than just one place, which they are. Yeah. But, you know, there he's over. It's like it's like he's overstating his the facts here. He's like, mm-hmm. yes, you are on on now mobile. You know, you are on PC and everything like that. So I don't have to buy an Xbox to play your games, but you're also making it sound like, oh, yeah, you can just play games anywhere. You know, when mm-hmm. people's console of choice could be PlayStation. So yeah, um, that's I, I think that he's I, I, I'm not a fan of that corporate speak, but I can understand how uh why he needs to navigate that very carefully, and he choose he can see that he's choosing his words even as he speaks, mm-hmm. um, which is it's fine. And it's you know I'm actually kind of do buy your narrative, Dan. I think you're you're probably hit the nail on the head. They probably are making are still having meetings about that. They're probably having mm-hmm. like Zoom meetings about that specifically. But yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I think this is an interesting story. It's one of those where I I actually find this to be a 
a non-story uh we, we, louise and i use that term sometimes when we're making the doc and putting the show together like ah this is a non-story it's not really anything um there is some meat here that i think it's interesting to dissect but ultimately he's not confirming anything right so he is not he's not saying we are not going to put the games on playstation he's not saying we want to get the games out of other platforms or that we will put the games everywhere he's saying we don't need to put the games on PlayStation to make the deal work, kind of. <laughs> Which I just, I just love that because it, to me, it just kind of shows that like there's no, that to be confirms that there's no, I might be reading too much into it, but it sounds to me like there's no certainty to anything here. And I think you're right. I think it's not just a decision that's up to him. Okay. All right. Next up, this is, um, this comes from Push Square and this was written by Sammy Parker. PS5 Let me just really oh, quick. Um, I just wanted to say that this is an old story. Uh, this was actually something that we should have covered last week, but we didn't. And we talked so much about how Xbox was gonna Xbox Series X was gonna enhance uh, backwards yet. compatible games that I thought it was only fair that we brought up the PlayStation side of the story as well that I had missed by right. that point. Yeah, because Game Boost is now a confirmed feature. So yeah, mm -hmm. Yes, PS5's Game Boost feature will improve select PS4 titles. Better performance. Uh, we've known that the PlayStation 5 will improve select play PS4 titles when played through backwards compatibility, but as part of an FAQ, the publisher... Uh, Part of an FAQ published on the matter, Sony has reiterated that its next-gen console's Game Boost feature may make PS4 games run with a higher or smoother frame rate. Titles with vi variable resolutions and unlocked frame rates are likely to benefit the most as they will be able to leverage the next-gen hardware to the max uh, to max out their performance targets. A game like God of War in performance mode, for example, has a wildly fluctuating frame rate, but it should stick to a smooth 60 frames per second when played on the PS5. So I think I'll stop there. So anything that uh, we wanted to comment on this? Yeah, there's nothing that crazy that they haven't given us too much information about it yet. I feel like Xbox has done... I think it's undeniable that on the backwards compatibility front, Xbox has done better this uh, in this lead up to next gen, just in the sense of getting ahead of the message and being very clear about how things work and and the, the, what their approach is going to be and etc. But it, I I just thought it was only fair to mention like, hey, Sony's also doing that as well, something on that front. Like yeah. they're also um, implementing features that will make games run best on the new hardware, which I think is kind of expected by default, right? It's like if you if you if you bought a new more powerful computer and, and you downloaded your games from Steam, you would expect them all to run better. So it's now you know confirmed, and and if anybody had any any question about that or didn't know, now we know this is actually happening on PS5 as well. It's it's kind of funny that we even have names for it like Game Boost or whatever, like <laughs> Smart Delivery on the Xbox side and all that stuff. Where oh, it, yeah. like all all these names really just mean consoles work like PCs have now for like the longest time. If you get a new PC, you download your Steam games to it, they're gonna run better. That's the same with consoles from now on as well. So yeah, yeah. Well, specifically, like I know. Okay, well, there's there's two things about the story. Number one, you know, Sony hasn't sent out PS5s or you know prototype PS5s. That's influencers true. to like you know like IGN and stuff to to cover. Uh, so we actually haven't seen any footage of ga of games running on Game Boost at all. Whereas we have seen it uh, on the Xbox side because like everyone's like had their preview coverage. Like you know YouTubers uh, like Austin Evans has like showed off you know these games and uh, running at better frame rates and better resolutions. Even Digital Foundry even did that as well. So like. Um, this one is a little bit, it's like a little bit worse because you're like, you're going second, but you're also not, you're doing a, a 
you know, a, a worse job at presenting the facts, you know, having a yeah. little FAQ doesn't really get the buzz going. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, seeing is believing. So have you been uh, following, by the way, I think we're doing pretty well on time. So really quick, have you been following all the Xbox stuff and like the people that have received it and the videos yes. that they've been making, talking about yes. it, showing stuff? Mm-hmm. What's your what's your excitement level with that stuff? I feel like that's one of those situations where like I like it and of course, you know, I'm I'm all for you know faster loading times and all these better, you know, better frame rates and better resolution. But one of the things that like I noticed and then this is kind of like the same kind of uh uh like mentality that I'm sort of gleaming from these from these uh these influencers is that it feels like after about a week you're gonna start to take that those features for granted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I feel like that that newness, that shininess is like, oh, my God, like, look at these fast load times. I feel like we're going to become like, like, ha- like become um, habituated custom. Area yeah. to that. And then that's going to be like something that you completely forget about as even a feature, you know, until you have to like play an old game in, a, in an <laughs> oh. old console or something. And you're like, yeah. oh, God damn. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I think it's one of those things where, yeah, we're going to get used to it. But I also feel like that's good in a way because the there's there are gimmicks that come from new consoles sometimes where they're just kind of on the way and then you're past it and then when you look back you're like ah what was that for and i think that's you know the the ssd and the and the faster loading speeds and it's that it's just one of those things that is just it's more of a natural evolution of things and things just getting better um and it's just one of those things that we're once once we're there we're never gonna want to go back yeah <laughs> and so right. so i'm excited i think it's cool like when i see the uh, people jumping between games and and just you know five to ten seconds as opposed to like a minute um and just kind of having games always be saved on your last the last place that you were on and all that stuff it's it all seems to work really cool really really well and and it's really cool and one particular thing that i thought was interesting is that with the xbox series x you can literally unplug it turn it off from power leave it off for 24 hours and then turn it back on and then and still take back up quick resume yeah it's still the safe states are there by the way as yeah. a separate side note i am not entirely convinced that i'm gonna use quick resume like number one i don't want to like you know toggle between like five different games that i'm playing at once you know that's not i would rather you know take on one or two maybe two games at the same time which is what i'm that's doing not, kinda. i feel like you're kind of missing the point a little yeah. bit though because for instance you're playing fortnite all the time right yeah yeah so one of your games is probably going to be fortnite and then maybe we're going to be doing a uh I don't know, like a ready press play spoiler cast of Halo. So you're playing through Halo. So maybe you're only playing Halo and Fortnite during that whole month. But the idea that you can go back to Halo, back to Fortnite, back to Halo in such a short time frame without having to, you know, turn on the console, turn on the game, wait like till everything loads, choose your save file, go back in every time that you do that. You know, you could play, maybe you're only playing Halo on Wednesdays and you're playing Fortnite on the weekends, but still just the fact that you're right in there all the time. I think that's kind of where the advantage is. It's not that the average consumer is necessarily going to be, oh, let me play Fable for 10 minutes and now let me (laughs) jump into Assassin's Creed for 20 minutes and now let me do Cyberpunk, you know? Yeah. Um, Right. I feel like... I just want to say, just to spite you, I'm just going to like hard quit and like hard, like, you know, exit out on the app and close the app out and not oh, use are you serious? and not use quick resume. <laughs> so you're going to intend Oh my god. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's just see I, how that goes. Let's see how right, long I yeah. stick to that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that one of the things that uh 
I guess I guess one of the things that Leah brought up when we're seeing some of videos of that is that what if you what if you intentionally want to uh, to actually you know start the game from the last checkpoint or whatever when when you go back to it because you're either in a situation where you're stuck or whatever Soft I'm assuming lock, that you can maybe, st- or, yeah. yeah so there are situations where sometimes you do want to just quit out of the game and get back in or turn off the console and turn it back on to deal with issues like that. Well, um, so I'm pretty sure like auto saves and like manual saves aren't going to go away. I think they're, yeah. they're still going to do that. I don't think so, they're yeah. going to like rely on quick resume. That there would be will terrible. probably be, be ways around it, but it's just kind of an, inter- an interesting thing to maybe think about too, that I'm sure they're thinking about as well. Okay. In other PlayStation well, news, yeah, uh, we have a controversy to talk about when we don't have an article <laughs> about it. We're just going to just give you the TLDR, but uh, there was a version 8.0 update that happened on the PlayStation 4. And if you read like the little like, terms of service or like the little uh like here's the update uh there was a situation where like you have a uh sony has then said like hey your your party chat uh, uh talking your, your voiceover will be recorded and can be sent to sony for review for any harassment situations and things like that and so this is also coming in front of the ps5 launch because you can party chat with uh ps5 people ps4 people can party chat with ps4 and ps5 has a microphone built into the controller and it's gonna we're basically now dealing with a situation where the same story that happened in 2013 with xbox and the connect is you know is your xbox always listening to you and it's now is like now is the playstation going to be big brother so uh people are up in arms about that and uh i don't know it's just kind of you have between all like what's what's been happening in these last you know seven years you know with the uh you know, the proliferation of Alexa in people's homes and stuff like that, it's almost kind of to get to the point where it's like, yeah, your devices are listening to you. It's yeah. just a fact of life. I, I It's one of those things that I normally like, it's interesting to think about and talk about philosophically, but it's not it's not an issue that I'm particularly passionate about fighting against. Uh, however, I will say that with the PS5 story, when I when I originally read it last week and we were going through the features off the that the were shown in the PlayStation 5 UI video and they talked about how you can record party chat and then report it to to PlayStation if anybody is, you know, harassing you or doing something bad. My first reaction to that was, oh, okay, that's that's good. That's a good thing because now if you're in a situation where people are harassing you online, you can report them and then hopefully we're, we can weed out all of the terrible you know, toxic players out there and create a better culture within uh, online gaming. Because I think that in many ways, the culture around online gaming and voice chat in these games can be very toxic. But then the one thing that's weird about it, though, is the fact that it's specifically about party chat that they keep talking about. And party chat is not party chat is not you jump into a Call of Duty game and it's the random people that are there playing with you. That that's like kind of correct me if I'm wrong here, Louis, because you're bigger in online games than I am. But that's that's another thing altogether. But party chat is an OS feature where you invite your friends to a party with you and then you talk with them in that group like group chat situation is almost like a like a private like Discord call or something like that, as you. opposed to a game lobby chat. You are correct. So it, it is a little weird to me. It is a little weird the idea of people that are playing with their friends in in this party that they put together with their friends that they invited and their PSN friends to, and 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 can kick, kick, kick people out, like you said, and that they would be reporting those conversations potentially. So I feel like I don't know. It's uh, while I understand that there probably are some use cases for it where it actually could be used uh, to 
you know, report maybe people that found their ways into somebody's party and were being toxic. But ultimately, like, if you, if they're, why do you why do you have even have toxic people in your party to begin with? You know, why did why did you invite them? So it's it's just a little weird uh, when you look at it from that perspective. So I don't know I don't know anymore whether I'm for this or not. I think it's actually a little bit icky. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It just kind of seems uh, I didn't even really think about I I literally kind of like didn't even think about the party chat aspect because when I think about party chat, like my first thing thinking was like, you know, Call of Duty and like everyone's like, right, you know, little four year olds are swearing at you and, you know, saying that your mom, you know, goes to college or something like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of I just kind of dated myself there. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. There's a there's definitely a lot to to unpack when it comes to, you know, like the big brother aspect of things. Which we're not, we don't have the time to go into, but uh, to get into, but uh, just in general, like, I think as a society, we have, you know, um, prioritized uh, convenience for like privacy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like a thing that we're selling every day. And mm-hmm. there is no, um, you know, undoing that, you know, once Pandora is out of the box, you know, that's it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of a bummer note to end on there. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's pretty much like I think I I think I hit the nail on the head on that one. All right, so uh, Dan, we're gonna we're gonna move on, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm switching up the order of the last two stories here. So I'm gonna go with that's uh, all good. I'm gonna go with the Google story here first. Uh, mm-hmm. Google launches free Stadia game demos to entice people into cloud gaming. So this is, comes from The Verge. Actually, these last two stories come from The Verge. Uh, this one was written by a friend of the show, Tom Warren. uh so free stadia uh, games demos start today so google is launching a series of stadia game demos that are truly free to play starting today existing or new stadia users will be able to play demos of pac-man mega tunnel battle with uh, more coming uh later this week these will be available for seven days and won't require a stadia pro subscription or even even a form of payment to play them all you need to do is click a link create a stadia account and then start playing the game demos streamed from Google Stadia servers, uh, cloud servers, excuse me. It's a clear attempt from Google to entice more people over into its Stadia service with an easy and free-to-play uh, game demos to see if the service is worth paying for. It should help address concerns about Stadia's smaller, small user base and allow anyone to try, try out cloud gaming for free. Google is holding three consecutive days of game demos and betas, and Humankind will be available tomorrow, with Immortals Phoenix Rising demo arriving on October 22nd. Each game, uh, each demo uh, game will be available for one week free of charge. Google has announced that Respawn's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is coming to Stadia on November 17th. So, um, should I, I think that's, I think I should end it right there. Dan, I know you have a lot yeah, to say. Good. I know you have a lot to say, so go ahead and take it away. Oh, the most mostly what I want to say is that I I want to give a shout out to uh, Pac-Man Mega Tunnel Battle because that game is being developed by Heavy Iron Studios. There's the studio originally behind SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom and a bunch of other games from the PS1, PS2 era. And more recently, they've become a little bit of a sports studio. But my connection to that studio is because I worked there for two years. And before that, I worked there in an internship uh, many years ago. So I kind of have an connection appreciation for that studio you know it's kind of what started my career and you know it, it, at this point it's actually the studio that i was at for 80 percent of my career because i'm still fairly new uh to, to the games industry and i know a lot of people that are there i know a lot of people that worked on this game i was there when they were working on this game and i actually think the game is really fun like i've played it obviously i played it 
while I was there. It was part of playtests where we play this game often, and it's Pac-Man Battle Royale, basically. The, the way that it works is that each player starts on a maze of their own, but all the mazes are connected through tunnels, and you can go and invade other people's mazes, and basically when you eat the pellet that would allow Pac-Man to eat the ghosts, you can also eat other players, assuming they are not super Pac-Man. They have not eaten the pellet themselves at that point. So I think the game's really fun. Uh, it's a Stadia exclusive, um, at least for now. I, I actually don't know many details about that, so don't don't take my word as any <laughs> new story or anything like that. But uh, so at like, the moment, is, is the art style, because I haven't seen the trailer, but is the art style like like Super Turbo, uh, was it Championship Edition? Like uh, Yeah, it's like it's modern. Uh, it was a modern original art style made for this. There's a lot of different like skins for uh, both like your Pac-Man as well as the the environment and etc. If you if you play the video that's on the page right now, the the Pac-Man stuff starts at about three minutes and thirty five seconds, and then you can take a look at how it works. Uh, it's it's legitimately a pretty fun game. Uh, I've been uh, I've been I tr- checked it out now that it's out. I mean, I I used to play it back when I was at the studio uh, fairly often with them over there, but. I I checked the demo since it's free and you don't even need like I didn't even need like to put in credit card information or anything like that. Like they said, I just click you click the link. Um, I, I did kind of wish that I could have just clicked the link and started playing immediate. Uh, you still have to go through a little process where you create an account. You got to put in your email and, sh- and stuff like that. Um, but then you I went from like clicking the link to playing the game in probably less than a minute. Uh, and that is something pretty cool about like Stadia when you think about it. The, the just this idea that the barrier of entry is just so small. Um, the only problem I, I had with it is that because it's still like, you know, sta- this Stadia is a streaming platform and therefore you're not playing the game locally on your machine you're streaming it from the web um, and you know sending your commands to the cloud and then getting like you know the the video of the game from the cloud i did experience a little bit of latency i think that's just one of those things that there's no way around um the better the internet gets and the better infrastructure gets the the less latency there will be for things like this but you know my internet is not the 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 most stable thing in the world in general um, but you know, I still had fun and I, I would still recommend people to check out this game It's a free demo. Uh, and, and I know people go like, ah, Stadia, but you know, the barrier of entry is pretty small, especially now with these free demos that they're doing. So I am hoping that this can help boost a Stadia a little bit, but at this point I have a feeling that the, the, the kind of the, the PR and, uh, around Stadia and just kind of the general, um, perception of them in uh in gaming circles seem to not be that positive so they have a lot working against them unfortunately at this point hmm. i don't know it's kind of it, that's kind of interesting that they're um at least stadia is trying to put out a killer app so i think that's cool mm-hmm. um i think that's really awesome the way that you explained it how you can just basically like portal into a game pretty quickly like the idea that you can just sign up for a service and then like start streaming immediately like no no mm-hmm. download no updates no no nothing you just that seems kind of foreign to me, to tell you the truth. You know, I'm going to throw this right right now uh, out there that I actually think we're probably not going to have time to do this during this demo period. But once the game is actually out, I think we should do a stream of this game. Mm-hmm. I think we should try to figure out a way to do a stream of this game because I, I, I think you would enjoy it, uh, okay. Louis. I don't know what your experience is with Pac-Man necessarily, but I, I, played the hell I think out of you it would as enjoy a kid, it. You know, like the old 8-bit, like top down, mm-hmm. you know, that one. But yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm, that, I'm that, down. that probably came out like, I mean, that probably came out when you were in like, in what, like high school or something? <laughs> Very funny. You're <laughs> such an asshole. All right. Next up, as I stated from The Verge, this is written by uh, Jacob uh, Kastanakis. 
And uh, this is a, a big story that is uh, got some uh, bigger political implications, you know, than than we than we normally talk about. But um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, also AKA AOC, uh, AOC debuts. Uh, a- AOC's debut Twitch stream is one of the biggest ever, and she's genuinely pretty good at Among Us. Well, uh, she is a politician after all. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you can suss out the liars, or just be good at lying too. So, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the Democrat from New York, made her her Twitch debut play uh, tonight, or at the time of that article posting, to play Among Us and encourage viewers to vote. She also, very quickly, became one of the platform's biggest broadcasters. Her stream peaked at 435,000 viewers around the time of her first match, according to Twitch. We gotta get her to we gotta get her to collab with us <laughs> in like a in like a ready press play stream. I know, right? You know what's kind of crazy is like the 435 viewers, a uh, thousand viewers. That's actually an underrepresentation of the viewers because she was uh, playing Among Us with other like personalities, other Twitch streamers, other YouTubers, mm. people like Doctor Lupo or Moist Critical uh, or Pokimane, uh, and you know the list goes on and on. Uh, so they were all also um you know doing their own streams of the same match so of the same matches right. so you're basically got a situation where you you know cumulative cumulatively if you, if you put everyone's views together you know it was actually probably in the millions maybe mm-hmm. um so yeah so the stream had dipped around dipped to around 350,000 viewers as of this writing um after about 2 hours of playing so they were they were writing this article as uh, as it was happening by the way i actually watched the whole the whole stream i went and watched the vod so it was oh, actually really? it was actually pretty entertaining to watch. Um, yeah, she didn't she knew what she was doing, and they even like had her go into like like uh, Steam to like uh, to toggle on the beta version of Among Us, which apparently is better, I guess. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, the uh, that peak viewership puts her broadcast among the twenty biggest streams ever, according to third party metrics as uh, site uh, Twitch Tracker, and much higher if you're only looking at broadcasts from individual streamers. Ninja holds the record for an individual streamer with more than 600,000 viewers during a Fortnite match with Drake in 2018. Twitch tracker metrics suggest that AOC's stream could be in the top 10 for an individual in terms of peak viewers. I believe it was like third third place uh, because like there was like um, it was the the Ninja stream. Then someone else, I forgot what it was. It was some kind of like another. I think it was Shroud returning back to Twitch, and mm-hmm. then it was AOC. So. Um, so politicians have increasingly been using tech and games to get out their message. The Biden campaign debuted in Animal Crossing Island this, uh, last week, uh, last year, Senator Bernie Sanders, um, the independent from Vermont joined Twitch to reach a potentially supportive audience that we may not be hitting other ways. Uh, that was a quote. So Ocasio-Cortez's stream came together quickly. She tweeted Monday morning asking anyone want to play Among Us with me on Twitch to get out the vote. And then major streamers quickly signed up. Uh, she ended up being joined by Representative Ihan Omar, the Democrat from Minnesota, Pokimane, Hassan Abi, Disguised Toast, Dr. Lupo, and more. Her stream even had graphics prepared, which Ocasio-Cortez said came together uh, came from supporters who started making art after she tweeted. That is crazy. That graphics package was dope. I saw that too. And uh, I, I have to say, I don't necessarily buy that it came together that quickly because I, I feel like that tweet must have been like I don't want to get you know conspiracy theories or anything. I don't think this even qualifies as a conspiracy theory. But I feel like when she put that tweet out, she already had a plan in place and and had already kind of planned what she wanted to do with it. No, that's, she, well, that's I mean, my opinion. She created that Twitch account that same day on that Monday, and on top of that, 
which is really crazy, is like she had straight up preferential treatment because, you know, I had to work very hard to get affiliated, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, you also, I'm, I'm also working very hard to get, you know, uh, to make partner and everything, right? And so one of the like, you know, rules is you have to stream on like seven different days and stuff before you even get a, even like mentioned for affiliate or whatever, right? She got yeah. 100,000 viewers before she even, like 100,000 followers before she even went live and she got the check mark on her, on her Twitch account, you know? Right. So, yeah, so she just comes in here and just, like, makes well, things happen. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like those rules are out there for commoners like us. <laughs> at the end of the day, the, the platform knows that somebody like her will bring a whole new set of people to the platform. And so they benefit from just kind of giving her all the check marks and all the things she needs as soon as possible. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from, but I kind of... I kind of see both sides of it a little bit. No, no, no. I mean, it's I get not it. like she, she does, wouldn't she get had, it anyway. She probably had like more like uh, concurrent viewers on her first stream than I'll ever have in my entire Twitch career. You know, I'm not saying I'm not knocking that. It's just like you know, mm -hmm. you know, there's rules like you have to have like I think with like with like Twitch partner, you have to have streamed 12 days or 12 different days on 30 days and stuff like that. And she didn't, you know, mm -hmm. she doesn't have to jump through those hoops. Uh, is what I was mm -hmm. just getting at. And we just, you know, you know, with those with those numbers, you know, I guess I guess you don't have to. But it just kind of sucks, you know. I'm a little salty. Um, <laughs> but um, beyond that, though, I mean, her she is she is entertaining. I'll give her that, and she knows what she's doing, and it was a really fun stream. Um, and her, actually, you know what I said last week? Uh, in so many words, fuck Among Us. But watching her play Among Us was, you know, it made me like the game again. <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't touched the game since la since the last time I talked about it. Um, mm. And so uh, even when she lost, you know, like she ended the stream on a loss, by the way. Um, even when, uh, when she loses, she was, she was, she had the spirit of the game in her. Like, you know, she wasn't mm -hmm. taking it like, like salty and she was like, oh, hi, good job. Hi, nice. You know, like, you know, her, her demeanor was like kind of like the ideal demeanor, mm -hmm. uh, which I didn't have. So yeah, take that as you will. I, I, I will say that like, regardless of how you feel about like her or her platform, her politics or whatever, she is a pretty genuine person. I feel like. At, at least she gives that vibe of being a pretty genuine person. And I could see a lot of other politicians trying to do this where, you know, they want to go on Twitch to rally the voters and get people to vote for them or to just go vote for their party in general. And it, it could come across as a pretty cheesy thing. Like they're really just trying to do it to um, what's the what's the word for it? Pandering yeah. to like pander to an audience or whatever. But I, I haven't watched the stream, but I'm pretty sure that that wasn't the case for her because it comes across like she's a genuine uh, gamer you know like she I, she's young she's very in tune with kind of like millennial culture and you know social media and gaming and all of those things that people like us are in tune with and i find that so refreshing from a politician's perspective uh because we're we're so used to having you know the your typical like really old like white guys boomers that you know grew up in a like totally different era and are so out of touch with what things are like nowadays and how people like me and you think. So in one sense, I do think it's refreshing to see somebody like her kind of bring in this whole different perspective to things and this whole different way of acting and being in. Um, I, I, without getting into like a political subject necessarily, because I don't think we need to, but just on the sake of, you know, talking about her Twitch stream and, and the fact that she's using that platform for politics, I think is very interesting and in the way that she does it too. Is it hypocritical for her to do the Twitch use a Twitch stream when she was like lambasting the army for using Twitch streams? 
I don't think so. I, I did see that some people had that take, but I feel like it's a very different uh, circumstance. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, like, sh- the army is an institution. She is a person. Like, she may be a politician. She may be representing a seat in um, Congress, Congress mm-hmm. but she she's also a person. And I feel like that's the thing, too, is, like, sometimes we forget about that. Like, sometimes we forget that politicians and celebrities they're not just their brand they're also like a person that has you know interest and that you know grew up and was a kid one day you know and like has uh experiences and things that go wrong and things that go bad and get hurt and all these things and i so i think it's a whole different perspective it's just like i don't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily have any kind of issue with somebody that is in the army um twitch streaming it's it just gets a little bit more weird when it's like the the channel is representing this institution right mm, makes so sense. i feel like to to me that's that makes it like two different stories and and you could argue uh positively or negatively about either or both uh but i don't necessarily think that one justifies the other or if there's that there's any kind of hypocrisy involved personally now Vasa, i just wanted to say like real quick that like having watched the stream uh uh i think that it was uh i just want to give her a shout out in the sense that like it was. I don't think at any point did I ever think it was cringy. So mm-hmm. um, that's like a huge win because if you know, if you like talked about like I think Bernie Sanders even did it. Like I think with Bernie Sanders, he was using Twitch wrong. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, there's there was like a like a fun like a personality to it, and it was, and it wasn't like this um, you know like crickets kind of situation where it's like ooh you know. I'm like mm-hmm. turning, I'm tuning in to like this garbage truck on fire. So um, I just wanted to give her props in the sense that, you know, she pulled it off. And right. uh, yeah. And we're probably going to see a lot more of it, actually, especially with the with the success of it. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to the extra news. So first up, number one, Kingdom Hearts director teases another Nintendo Switch game after Melody of Memory. Number two, as part of the campaign against racial inequality, Sony has released a free Black Lives Matter theme on the PlayStation 4. Number three, Halo, the Master Chief Collection, will be fully optimized for the Xbox Series X and S. Also, why is that a story? Number four, Ubisoft has (laughs) detailed its roadmap for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The game will receive two massive expansions in 2021 as part of the game's season, uh, season pass via Push Square. Number five, Kojima Productions has confirmed that it's working on a new project and is hiring best-in-class talent for its Tokyo studio. Also, why is that a story? Number six, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and The Blade of Light, the game that kicked the turn-based strategy series off, is finally getting an English version on Nintendo Switch on December 4th. Also, just side note, Shadow Dragon actually did get a remake on the DS, so that's not entirely true. Uh... Next up, Sony has unveiled an an official PlayStation 5 media remote, which has dedicated buttons for four top streaming services, Disney+, Netflix, Spotify, and YouTube. Next up, Smash Ultimate's new patch removes Steve's meat from... Oh my god, that's a nerf. The biggest nerf of all time. Next up, new gameplay trailer was recently released, showing off gameplay for Rambo in Mortal Kombat 11. And it's actually Sylvester Stallone voicing him, by the way. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, check this out. There's a first look at Tom Holland as Nathan Drake in the Uncharted movie, and Nolan North approved. He was on set visiting, so maybe Nolan North is uh, going to make a cameo. We'll never know. That that would be pretty cool. What if Nolan North was Sully? I know it's not <laughs> the case because uh, they already confirmed. Mark, what's, Wal- what's Mark his Wahlberg. Name? 
Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Which that's one of my favorite things about this like Uncharted movie is that it it took so long to make that Mark Wahlberg went from playing Drake. Nathan Drake to playing Sully. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I have to say, I just I just wanted to shout that one out because I, you know, when they announced Tom Holland as Nathan Drake at first, I was like, I don't buy it. But then now that I've seen the photo, I'm like, I buy it. Yeah, by the <laughs> way, that's, that costume was so on point. It straight yeah. up looks like, I think it was like the Uncharted 2 or Uncharted 3 box art, but I've seen that exact yes. like... It's the Uncharted Three box art. Yeah, it's perfect. It's, it's like it kind of shows how much, like, what a costume uh, is able to do. And the the one interesting thing with this is that you know Tom Holland is so young uh, that we he doesn't really represent the age of the Nathan Drake that we're used to seeing in the games. But I like the idea that maybe this could be the start of a franchise, right? Yeah. That maybe we're gonna see, you know, he can Tom age, Holland. He can age into the role as when they make Uncharted Four, exactly, and he's like actually the appropriate age. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think it would be kind of cool to see that. Um, I mean, I don't really know if we need those movies, but Uncharted is a good time. It's it has like a fun uh, story in the games, and it's going to be cool to to see that being brought to life. I, I tend to be positive about video game movies, I, I and, and TV shows, and etc. I know most of them are garbage. <laughs> most of them end up being garbage, but you know, I still find it fun to to see them, especially when they're they're based off of games that I that I like. Um. Let's see what else. Uh, what are the other stories here? Yeah, so the so the Halo stuff. What it actually is uh, is that I think it's gonna be a day one thing where when you once you get the Series X on day one, like you're gonna be able to to play this upgraded, fully optimized new, new version of Halo: The Master Chief Collection, which I think they're they're doing as kind of a uh, what is it called like. My um, bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A a bit of a my bad for uh, for Halo Infinite not being there um but yeah. so you know i like it. i just want i just want to say like i feel like the reason why i said why is that a story is because i feel like that was already known like in my head yeah. i feel like that should have like been like that should have gone without saying like it was already expected yeah right? like yeah. every like every first party game is probably going to be fully optimized day one like you know uh that was not that was my expectation if this is just barely now getting confirmed then okay um you know it was already confirmed in my head so, mm-hmm. um, so the other thing about the Kojima Productions, well, the reason why I said why is that a story, is because it should have gone without saying that they've already they were already been pre production and like in working on their next game as soon as as soon as uh, Death Stranding shipped, they were already onto the next one. And also, even like yeah. Kojima even said in interviews that he was wanted they want to make movies and stuff, you know, so like they want to do production on film. So I, yeah. I feel like with uh, with uh, Kojima specifically, you know, he's got he's so he's such an artist, you know. And he's got so much ambition, so I I don't know why. And there's nothing stopping him, so I don't know why they weren't already you know hard at work on the next thing. Um, but yeah, one of the things that wasn't really said in the Fire Emblem, uh, the Shadow Dragon and Blade of Light, is that on December fourth they're gonna release like this physical limited edition like collector set thing, and uh, both the that that and the um, the digital games they're gonna be uh, that time exclusive for the fiscal year, just like Mario uh, 3D All Stars. It's gonna they're gonna stop selling them. Uh, even digitally on March thirty first, so that kind of sucks. But oh, really? Yes, really. that's that's a bit weird. Yeah, that's a true. Why would they do that? Because Nintendo hates printing money. That's why. <laughs> like I, I mean, it's one thing with the Mario. Like I, I, I didn't like that either. But at least like there, there was there's a bit of an excuse for it. You know, like there's this this limited time celebration or whatever. But this Fire Emblem thing that just I think it's I think it's also the thirty fifth anniversary. If I'm not mistaken, it's either the thirtieth or thirty fifth anniversary. So they're just doing that as well. Um, so yeah. I think I saw a joke about this today, by the way, without even knowing the context of the joke. So somebody tweeted, I think it was 
Imran Khan maybe tweeted, um, is Nintendo going to shut down on April 1st? <laughs> or oh, wait. Or maybe it's a very, like, it's an April Fool's joke. So maybe they're going to show up on April Fool's and be like, ah, we're actually going to continue selling all these games. We only said those things so that you would buy them right away. I know. Well, also, like, uh, the rumor, I heard, I saw the rumor that, that they're going to be selling, uh, you know, Mario 3 All-Stars individually uh, right after. So. Oh, interesting yeah. yeah i could see that being the case too but uh, how much just, were they how much would each of the other games go for do you think 60 a piece really? <laughs> i'm just kidding Damn. no i i don't <laughs> think i don't think it's gonna be 20 a piece i doubt it even because you know that's how much you would buy in the collection but i would say either if they're gonna if knowing nintendo they're probably gonna do 40 a piece yeah or maybe like 29.99 or something yeah, yeah. we'll um, see the other thing here i just wanted to comment is about is that they they put out that patch really fast, you know. I called it last week, another one where you can actually check the tapes. I said I needed to go to my Switch, which I did after the taping last week. I need to go in there and take a screenshot, which I did. <laughs> because I knew for a fact that they were going to patch that out, and I said it, and I was right. They came in really hot with 9.0.1. And it was, it, was not, it was a patch that only dealt with Steve. That's it. And that's all it did. That's all it did. There was no balance changes. Like the roster didn't get buffs or nerfs. All they did was remove that, that windscreen, right. Or change that windscreen. So the meat disappears. <laughs> um, and then they also got, uh, tackled uh, a bunch of glitches that came about during Steve. So like, there's a lot of Twitter clips of like these glitches happening where like characters would like phase through the platforms because of uh, when they like just break the blocks and stuff. So they like fixed a lot of just glitches where uh, certain characters can get, if you hit Steve at a certain perfect timing, you can actually get stuck in the minecart and you can't get out of it. You can't mash out. So like they mm -hmm. did a lot of just, uh, just Steve centric fixes. Uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the news. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the part where you, Dan, get to take over the show and talk about the new releases. What are you buying? All right, so to start here, I'm going to read this real quick. We're getting a Call of Duty Halloween update. Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Warzone get Verdansk Dark Mode Zombie Royale for Halloween. On October 20th, so this week, Call of Duty Warzone and Modern Warfare's Halloween event officially begun. The Haunting of Verdansk includes new game modes, rewards, and skins from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in Seoul. The event runs from... Now through November 3rd, so you might want to go check that out if you're into Call of Duty. We also got Halloween events happening in a lot of different games right now. So if you play a games as a service or, you know, one of those live games, you might want to go check out what they're doing because they're probably doing some kind of Halloween thing. Some of the examples of games that have Halloween events going on right now are Animal Crossing New Horizons, which we covered in a previous show, Fortnite, Red Dead Redemption 2, Overwatch, and there's a bunch of others out there. I'm sure Apex Legends is probably doing something, etc. So you might want to go take a look at that. Uh, Louis, do you want to shout out, shout out anything that they're doing on Fortnite? I assume maybe you're in tune with that. Yes, uh, Fortnite just put out a trailer, and it's like some kind of uh, Halloween update. I forgot what they were calling it. It was uh, it, the trailer started off like this is a Fort nightmare. That was actually pretty clever. <laughs> uh, but there was like a trailer where like there's like these ghosts that are floating floating around. I guess if you die, you play as a ghost. I haven't. I, it wasn't really clear. I haven't really been able to play Fortnite today. But it seems to be going, an event that's going on between now and I believe November second. I want to say, which would have, which put it to like that following Monday. So Halloween's on a Saturday. You got to that Monday, and it'll you get to play as some fun like um, 
like Halloween themed skins that are there. You can like buy some like zombie skins and stuff like that. So they've already been putting out that already in in, in the lead up to this. But uh, it looks like they're just kind of sort of like redecorating the whole map to fit a like a Halloween theme. So yeah. All right, sounds good. And then as for uh, new releases that are coming out, uh, today when you're listening to this on October 23rd, a game called Jet Board Joust is coming out on PC, and Transformers Battlegrounds is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. With Earth under invasion and Megatron, leader of the Decepticons, close to capturing the Allspark, Bumblebee and the Autobots need a new commander to help them restore peace to the universe, you. Assemble your squad and roll out for a turn-based tactical war that will range from Central City to Cybertron itself. You need both strength and strategy to outwit the fiendish Decepticons. Choose the Transformers characters and their abilities to dominate the battle ahead with Optimus Prime, Grimlock, and more ready to join the fight. Then team up together in local multiplayer and put your strategic skills to the test in games like Capture the Flag, Horde, Last Hand, and more. It's the strategy action game Transformers fans have waited an eternity for. Uh, Then Cardo is coming out to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 27th. Also on October 27th, we got Ghost Runner coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC, as well as The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 4 coming out on PS4. And then on October 29th, uh, one of the big releases of the fall, Watch Dogs Legion is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC. Welcome to the Resistance. Anyone can be your weapon. And Watch Dogs Legion, near future London, is facing its downfall unless you do something about it. Build a resistance, fight back, and give the city back to the people. It's time to rise up. And Watch Dogs Legion is one of this, these games that I've been mostly excited about uh i some of the trailers that came out for it recently have kind of like i haven't been super wild about like i was super excited about it early on and then i feel like the more i see of it the more i'm like okay i i get it you know like i i've seen the game enough i know what it's like at this point i just kind of want to check it out and actually play it um i have my reservations in regards to the tone i think i talked about that in a previous podcast where i find it a little weird that it's so serious at times and then tries to be really funny at times and i don't know if it always hits with me but you know nonetheless it's a game that that i'm probably going to be checking out um i i have a problem coming up lewis which is that i've uh i've pre-ordered watchdogs legion assassin's creed valhalla and cyberpunk 2077 and all three of those games are going to be coming out within a 20 day period (laughs) more or less so i'm probably gonna not finish any of them <laughs> i know that's gonna suck i'm probably gonna play them each for like a week mm-hmm. and she's like okay i got impressions i was like what about reviews yeah. oh, i don't know what those are <laughs> yeah exactly but we'll see we'll see which one ends up grabbing me the most but uh because watchdogs legion is coming out october 29th i actually got that for the ps4 so i'm gonna be playing that on the ps4 and then november 10th i'm getting the series x with valhalla and then i got the cyberpunk for uh the Series X as well. Is that Watch Dogs but, not going to be like a PS5 uh, Series X like launch day title or what is that? Uh, I think it will. I think it will be one of those where you get a free upgrade for it because I, th- I think uh, Ubisoft is doing that for everything. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember you talking big about Watch Dogs Legion, how it's going to be your, your you know, one of your most anticipated games. I remember you're talking hype. You're being hyped about it. Um, especially with the mechanic yeah. of just recruiting anyone, even that little. I just think grandma. it's one of those like really cool mechanics. Like it's it it feels like one of those um, kind of game changing or industry changing uh, mechanics if they do it right potentially. But we'll see. I I've been a little skeptical recently, <laughs> where I I don't I I just hope that I don't because I feel like we saw a lot of the same things 
whenever they showed the game. And that's why I feel like my excitement has actually gone down as opposed to up. Like every time they showed this game, I feel like we saw kind of the same types of characters being used in the, the same way. The grandma and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, and, like, and I'm a little, I wonder how like you like program for that, because if you have like the situation where you have just AI just walking down the street that you can recruit right to your cause, you know, you have to have all these voice actors and all these models and all these dialogue trees and everything just programmed into the game to account for mm-hmm. whether or not a player does or doesn't uh, recruit this person, you know? So it's going to yeah. be interesting. Like what if it's more of like, you know, you have, you know, 20 characters that are just constantly always walking around you in the streets. You know what I mean? So maybe mm-hmm. they kind of like, you know, kind of like you, you don't you don't see the strings pulling the system, you know, that they're not yeah. showing you. The way that I foresee that it's probably set up is that you actually have something like eight ish character types. Um, So maybe you got like, you know, like a, you can you can have like an older female or like an older male or you can have like there's like a few different variations. But then for each character type, there's like maybe like 20 different models. Uh, so you potentially see like a lot of model swaps, like every character looks different, but they're really just like a different combination between. I mean, think about when you like play a game like Skyrim and you get a character creator, right? And like you can just choose like which face you want or the voice or whatever else. So so I think it's really like you're going to have a certain amount of almost like, I don't want to use the term race because it doesn't really make sense here. But like when you have a race in like an RPG, right? So it's like, you get get a few, a class, a a class. class, There we go. Yeah. So like, I feel like you're going to have like a few different classes of characters, maybe in most like 12 or something like that. And then, but then any class could be given any variety of different looks and voices. And maybe like, for instance, like if you have five looks where they each have like their own voice, that's five uh, options. But if you have five looks and five voices and any of the five looks can be with any of the five voices, that's 25 combinations, right? So any new variable that you add on top of that, like if you have like a, a dynamic clothing system where, you know, you can have like 10 options of shirts and you can put them in any model, um, then you could potentially, then the, the 25 becomes 250 and so that's kind of how I think now the things are set like up. A, now you're thinking like a programmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that's that's probably how things are really set up behind the scenes. But ultimately, as far as the scenarios are created in the game, I bet that each scenario, like they only have to think of like, well, these are the X amount of classes that players can use when approaching this. Now, whether the character is going to look like this or that or that, it doesn't really matter, right? Hmm. So anyway, I'm, we're getting too into the yeah, weeds yeah, here. Yeah. We should probably move on. All right, yeah. Watchdog Legion pick of the week. Yeah, we already know. All right. Got a selection of good things on sale, stranger. All right, so time for the Broke Gamer's Guide. We're going to start here by looking at the free games on the Epic Game Store. We got Costume Quest 2, as well as Layers of Fear 2, uh, free now until October 29th. And then on the week after that, we're going to be getting Blair Witch, sorry, Blair Witch and Ghostbusters, the video game remastered. I feel like we've seen Blair Witch be free in the past, but I could be wrong. Blair, Blair Witch was one of those like E3 like digital like event games and stuff that they were talking big mm. about. So um, it like had a trailer, like a cool kick-ass trailer, and then you didn't even know it was Blair Witch until it zooms out from the top head and you can see like the the, the Blair Witch logo. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Out, being made out on the sticks, you know. So yeah, yeah that game looks cool. Uh, Layers of Fear 2 is a first-person psychological horror game with an emphasis on exploration and story. Players control a Hollywood actor who needs, who heeds the call of an enigmatic director to take on the lead role in a fil- film shot aboard an ocean liner. That was that was that felt like a long sentence. There, but, <laughs> By the uh, way, uh, separate side note, Dan, and this is not on the dock, but on Twitch Prime, if you have like you know 
gaming, Twitch gaming uh, situation. If you're one of those guys where like, oh, I'm not going to understand the plot unless I play the first game. Well, Layers of Fear 1 is a, is a free game on uh, Twitch Prime. So cool. There you go. There you go. Now, the Epic Games Store is also running a general like Halloween sale. So there's a bunch of games that are on sale until November 5th. Uh, there are some good deals there that are worth checking out, like Borderlands 3 is 50% off. Red Dead Redemption 2 is 40% off. There's a 70% discount on Vampire, or Vampire, which I think is the free game on PS Plus right now, uh, if you want to go look at that. Um, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of sales there, so, so you can go check that out if you're interested. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, is currently forty dollars at Best Buy, I believe. Yeah, forty. Is that correct? Yeah, yes, forty dollars a piece in time for the expansions that are out there that are just recently dropped. So, you know, if you want to get in on the getting, yeah, you know, you can buy it uh, if you haven't already for for a discount. Yeah. And we also uh, can find a nice discount right now on Joy-Cons and the Pro Controller for the Switch. Those are available on Amazon as well as Walmart. The Pro Controller that normally retailed for $70 is now $60. And the Joy-Cons that normally retail for $80 for a pair are now $70. By the way, I wonder. By the way, you, we, we kind of sort of foretold this because we talked about it on last week's show, how it was getting yes. a, uh, the Japanese uh, discounts and stuff. And I said they needed to bring it over here stateside. This is kind of sort of it. I mean, it sounds more like a sale than a price drop. So, yeah. Yeah. Who knows, though? Like, I, I was wondering, maybe they're just going to keep this price or have this price more often from now on. Uh, I'm definitely going to be grabbing, I think, a Pro Controller because uh, you might be surprised by this, Lewis, but I actually don't own a Switch Pro Controller yet. God. And I don't even know how you my jo- <laughs> My Joy-Cons are starting to uh, to get um, Joy-Con drift. Mm. Where my uh, the the it's like my left. I think it's both of my left Joy Cons on the on the stick. It's starting to do the thing where it just kind of pulls left, and I'm beginning to I begin noticing it with uh, Luigi's Mansion Three. So that's a little annoying. So I'm I probably need to get this uh, this Pro Controller. I'm surprised you haven't already because like Pro Controllers don't have the issue with Joy Con drift, and uh, I don't I don't I actually only exclusively play on my Switch only with Pro Controllers, um, and like I keep- I'll tell you why. Uh, because like just generally like i don't like spending money like okay this is gonna sound weird to somebody that's buying games all the time (laughs) but typically i don't like spending money on things that i don't need so every time i buy a console i'm like i can use the controller that comes with it i don't feel the need to go and buy another controller unless it's a situation where well i'm gonna play i want to play this game with lewis so i'm gonna need a controller for him so i'm gonna go and buy another one and that's that's when i go and i buy a second controller otherwise i'll just forever play with whatever came with it and then i just i have my original set of joy cons and one other set for like when i'm playing multiplayer games with people but that's it like and oh and i have a gamecube um i have like a wireless gamecube controller as well for uh for smash brothers Mm. but that's that's it (laughs) yeah well i mean with like specifically like i feel like joy cons are serviceable and they can get the job done especially when they're working um but i actually don't like joy cons in the sense of like the travel on the sticks are not sufficient enough for me like for me when it comes to Mm -hmm. like playing games and stuff and you know um even playing Fortnite on on the switch you know it feels like you you lose precision if you're using the joy cons Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I think that for me, like just the pro controller is just always gonna be the way to go, um, and I think that like if for like in your situation where you whenever you had like the Joy Cons that came with your Switch, instead of buying the second pair of Joy Cons, you should just bought a pro controller. It would have been ten dollars more, but it would have been worth it. But yeah, right. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on now. There's uh, some 
general Nintendo Switch sales here as well. I don't know what you wanted to shout out from this, Louis. There's a Mega Man franchise sale. That was going to say the Ubisoft uh, publisher sale, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, cool. So Mario Plus Rabbit's Kingdom Metal is now 15 bucks. I have not gotten that game yet. Have you played that game, Lewis? I have. I've, I bought the game day one for 60 bucks, and I, tr- I tried out like the first world and stuff, and it was really cool. I actually like the uh, the idea of like having Mario, you know, take on like a what thing is it? Is it an RTS like real time strategy? Yes. Yeah. So it, it was it was like it's like it's like baby's first RTS, but it, in, in a non insulting way. So I thought like even my nephew, you know, he yeah. just turned nine uh, at the time. He was like eight years old, and he was he was loving it. So he dug it a lot. So yeah. Cool. Uh, we also got South Park. The the two games are on sale right now. So we got $15 for the Fractured Butthole and eleven ninety nine for the Stick of Truth. Uh, there's a few other games here, too, but I, I think those are maybe the main shout outs. Mm-hmm. Rayman Legends Definitive Edition is $10. So it's a big fan of that one, yeah. too. Also, $4 for Uno, simply because I just want to keep on reminding you that we should definitely do an Uno Ready Press Play stream <laughs> at some point. But yeah. All right. Not, I'm not going to say not like it, is, it doesn't need to be at the top of the list, but just something like to, to we'll have to tackle eventually, especially because I want it to be like like me, you and uh, Leah and maybe someone else, you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Uh, then the Halloween sale continues on the PlayStation Store, which, by the way, I'm looking at the new design of the web PS Store right now for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very clean. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's very I was a little... white like the PS5. Yes, exactly. I. You know, the thing that I don't even know I got to talk about last time, but the thing that I was the most upset about, Louis, was actually the removal of the wish list feature because I did use it. Like every time I was like, you know, I, I want this game, but I don't really want it that bad to where I want to buy it now. I would just throw it in my wish list. And the thing that was convenient about it is that whenever they do these sales, they sometimes they have like dozens of pages of games on sale so what i would do is that i would just open my wish list and i would scroll through it and see which games were on sale from my wish list and then i would buy them from there so i'm a little sad that i can't do that anymore or i actually sent yet, lewis even better yet when you get a sale uh notification like an email gets sent to me whenever one of my games on the wish list is on sale and it'll tell me hey yeah your game is on sale yeah. that's your wish list yeah exactly so you know it's a, it's a little sad that that's gone but whatever we got diablo 3 uh is is on sale here for 20 bucks that stranding is 30 dollars doom eternal is 30 dollars days gone is 20 bucks etc medieval 15 um, uh i see that yeah. one resident evil 2 16 dollars so yeah lots of good stuff here do they do they no longer have the deal of the week maybe let's see if the let's see if i find that no deal of the week is not on there i don't see it either by the way, yeah. and yeah, and do uh, before I, I cut Dan off, Dan was gonna say that he sent me his wish list to me in a in a in a DM. <laughs> so I was like, okay, is this your way of telling me to buy you something? You know, like like hey, you're, I know you're like you you got we got Christmas coming up. I was like, okay, you want me to buy you a Christmas present? I see how it is. <laughs> the, the funny thing is like that I, that was a hundred percent not the intention. I was literally like looking through the PlayStation Store on my browser, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they're gonna get rid of the wish list." So let me just make sure I like write this down somewhere so that I don't lose it. And I just happened to have because I do like I use WhatsApp on uh, the web browser because uh, that's something you can do. Yeah. So that I can have it up like I don't know while I'm like at work and just kind of get messages there. And so I just went and I typed out, like, I went through the wish list and I typed out, like, on the message with you, like, really quick. And then I sent there just because I knew, like, okay, I'm going to remember that it's here <laughs> if I ever needed to to go, like, what well, was on my wish list again? It's, it just happened to be there. You know, what's kind of funny is, like, uh, the oh, – damn, I was going to say – oh, man, I, I lost my train of thought. But whatever. It's kind of late for me. But, 
Yeah, I just something that, with a wish list, yeah, Christmas gift. Yeah, something for the something for the wish list. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, that's. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say that uh, as far as the wish list goes, I was like, you know, typical Dan. He does like he's very meticulous. Okay, he <laughs> he pulls up WhatsApp to to message me the wish list instead of just pulling up a Google Sheets and making a uh, <laughs> uh, you know put it saving it on like the Google Cloud. You know. Like that's I know. that's kind of like interesting. Like you, you, that's where you went to, and like you normally have, you have spreadsheets for everything, and this is what you decided to do with that information. But yeah, that that it, that is actually a little interesting now that you say it. I, I, so for some reason, because my there's I have my work computer and then I have my personal computer, and because I was at my work computer, sometimes when I find something that I want to save or remember, and I don't want to just create a file on my work computer for that, um, because I don't think it's like it makes sense it's not like work related i will usually message it to leah uh but i think it just happened that i was in and then like whenever i get it like on my phone i'll save it on my phone or something but because i happen to have it open on your tab or maybe because i was thinking of you <laughs> because i just you know i just do that yeah, who's, who, who do i know that's a big bar yeah. lewis uh, <laughs> all right and then and then i don't know it just made sense at the time <laughs> but it is pretty funny uh, anyway, that's that's it for our sales here today. So feel free to uh, end the show, Louis. Okay. It is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, remember, you can catch the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88. Dan. At the Dan Lima. So don't forget to subscribe. Give us a, re- a review. Tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. Peace out. See ya.